Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Scripture this morning comes from the prophet Isaiah. And in Isaiah chapter... Oh, before I do that, anybody here afraid of flying? Raise your hand if you're afraid of flying. Anybody here afraid of flying? Not very many. Wow. This brave crowd. Yeah, brave crowd today. Good. All right. Well, this morning our scripture lesson comes from the prophet Isaiah chapter 40. And he talks about our ability to fly. He says this. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow weary or uh, tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. May God add God's blessing to the reading and hearing of this God's most holy word. You've just heard this week's focus scripture. Now on to the sermon, starting momentarily. Well, I was amazed not many of you have a fear of flying. Uh, I know a lot of people that are afraid to fly. Uh, Can anybody tell me why someone would be afraid to fly? Falling is a good reason to be afraid to fly. Dying, yeah, okay. Anyone else? Yeah, Brian. Afraid of the heights, yeah, it's a long way down, isn't it, Brian, when you get up there. Uh, our, our secretary, uh, Ann, uh, a couple years ago was going to fly over the ocean, and uh, something about flying over water made her nervous. So uh, Pastor Jim was here at the time, so we tried to help her out a little bit. Uh, we got her some gifts, uh, things she could take on her um, her carry-on to just try to give her some comfort. We we gave her a, a blow-up ring with a head on it, um, and we said, don't worry about it, you just leave it deflated in your carry-on, because if you're at 30,000 feet, you got plenty of time to blow it up. <laughs> and, and then And then we got her a whistle. Because, you know, when you're there, you might be there a while. And if something goes by, you're going to want them to hear you. So we gave her a whistle. And and just encouraging her. um, Trying to help her out a little bit. Poor Ann. See what she has to put up with. You pray for her. (laughs) Um, But, uh, yeah, uh, there's that that fear of flying. People are afraid of flying for a whole lot of different reasons. Uh, um, And, you know, some... Some for fear of heights, um, some just uh, because they've seen things that can happen. You know, we, we all have those moments, those things that, that make us afraid. You know what? Uh, it's interesting to me. Did you ever notice that eagles don't share that fear? Eagles aren't afraid to fly. 
Yeah, they, they, they tend to, don't they? Um, oh, by the way, these are the people that are afraid of flying. I love this picture. <laughs> the, when the masks come down in front of you, that's the moment to be afraid. You know what I'm saying? The oxygen mask drops in front of your face. Oh, no. Uh, but eagles, eagles are funny. E- eagles aren't afraid to fly. As a matter of fact, they're, they love to just soar. Even if they get tired, they just soar. And as they soar, all kinds of things going on down below them, they're just soaring. And what's interesting is they can go higher or they can go lower. Flying's in their nature, isn't it? It's who they are. God gave them wings, and those wings just take them high into the sky, above all the fray, above all the struggles, above all the problems. I'd love at times just to be an eagle. I like to... I'm not all that afraid of heights uh, most of the time. Uh, but, but if I were an eagle, I wouldn't be afraid of the heights. Just go as high as I can and just soar. Wouldn't that be cool? Just to be above all of it, just ah, relax, soar. In our scripture lesson this morning, the Israelites are struggling. Uh, they've had a rough go. Uh, some of it's their own doing. Um, they, they were taken into exile. They were taken captive. Their families were killed. They, uh, they, they experienced uh, the degradation of being a slave, as it were. Uh, they, they found themselves separated, not, not just from each other, but they were also separated from Jerusalem and from the temple. Now, to us, that's like, oh, so I couldn't go to church this morning, no big deal. But you have to understand, for them, if they couldn't get to temple, if they couldn't sacrifice, then they couldn't have a relationship with God. And if they didn't have a relationship with God, then who were they? You see, their identity was connected to their relationship with God which is an important thing. As a matter of fact, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ this morning, that's your identity too. It's connected with your relationship to to God through Jesus Christ. And so being separated from that, and they thought that was the only way to have a relationship with God, was through this sacrificial uh, um, uh, system that that had been developed. And here they are, separated from all that. And they began to wonder, has God forgotten us? Has God left us? Has God walked away from us? Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there where you're asking the question, God, where are you? What are, you promise, you have all these promises, and I, I don't see it right now, God. Where are you? And in those moments, you're not soaring, folks. Those moments you find yourself in the pits. You're saying, God, I don't get it. I don't get it. I've been there. I've been there. And as you, as you begin to ask that question, next time you ask that question, or if you're asking that question this morning, I want you to remember that eagles soar. Eagles aren't afraid to fly. Because when we find ourselves in the pits, that's when we need to hear the word of Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet this morning calls to the people of Israel, wait, 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 wait. Go back to what you know. 
Go back to what is true. And you can soar. You can soar. So I'm going to ask you to try to soar with me this morning, okay? Um, when, we, when we get done, we're all going to stand up. And we're just going to try to soar a little bit. All right, we're just going to, you never know. You might take off. If you do, we'll wave. Uh, if you fall face flat, we'll pick you up. It's all right. But, but I'm hoping we can soar this morning. You know, eagles soar. Whoop, what happened? Can you, can you click that, Ike? Eagles soar when they trust. Isaiah said, those who's, who, who uh, in the King James Version, it says, wait upon the Lord. In some translations, it says those who trust in the Lord. In our translation, it says those who hope in the Lord. I want you to hear all three of those words are the same. Those who wait, those who trust, and those who hope. Those who put their trust in God. Those who put their hope in God. Those who wait upon God. They shall what? They shall renew their strength. Now this is what happens when you trust in God. You trust in God to be in control. The scripture says that God, before the universe began, before it all began, He put everything into place. Do you understand that? Before the universe began, he had a plan. And when he created the earth, when he created the earth, he created the earth with that plan in mind. Listen very carefully. This is mind-boggling to me. The Almighty God knew you, the Scripture says, before you were born. He had a plan for your life before he created the universe. And when he created the universe, he created it in just such a way that that plan would be fulfilled in your life. Is that awesome? Can you wrap your mind around that? I can't. There are times I was like, God, how did you put all that together? We call it God's providence. God is in control. He's put it all in place. This is very important. The eagle flies because the wind blows. If the wind weren't there, the eagle couldn't fly. When we were in Maine, we went to... Uh, uh, the tower of the air traffic, the air traffic control tower in that, that mega jet port in Portland, Maine, where I think they have 10 flights a day. But it, 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 was, it was a lot of fun. And we got up there, a friend of ours was the air traffic controller, and there was this little plane that wanted to take off. And they called to the air traffic control tower, and they said, listen, we want to take off into the wind because they needed the lift to get off. So the air traffic controller said to them, okay, get on such and such a runway, and they started heading to that runway. The air traffic controller looked at the wind meter and realized that the wind was beginning to change, watched, called the little plane and said, wait a minute, the wind has changed, you need to move to this runway. So the little plane, you could watch it from the windows, the little plane turns around, heads to the other the other runway. Well, the air traffic controller's looking at the wind meter. It's changing again. And all of a sudden, he looked at the other air traffic controller and said, oh, 
Weren't they working on the windsock today? And the guy is out there with the windsock moving it back and forth. <laughs> this poor little plane's going back and forth trying to find. He wants, he wants to take off into the wind because he needs the wind to fly. I want you to hear very carefully that we need the wind to fly. And God has provided it. It's his providence in our lives. He has a plan. And when we realize that God is in control and we begin to submit ourselves to his plan, then we can begin to soar because we begin to trust in him. You want to hit that, Ike? Um, what's really amazing, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4 says this, For he chose us in him when? Before what? Before the creation of the world. He chose you. And he chose me. Before it all began, it was part of his plan. Do you understand how incredible that is? There's nothing that happens in your life that God didn't know. And it was, he knew how it was going to fit into the plan for your life. And, and you look at him and say, God, I don't get it. What, have you left me alone? And God's up there saying, oh, hold on, hold on. Just watch. You trust in me and you can soar. Don't give up. Trust in me and you can soar. It's called God's providence. He put everything into place. It doesn't make sense to us sometimes. And we sit there and say, God, I don't get it. Why did this happen to me? Or why did that happen to me? Why did I lose my job? Why why did life turn upside down? Why this week were there so many struggles in our lives? Why does this happen? Why does that happen? I hear people say things like, well, I guess Satan is attacking you. Satan may be trying to attack you, but if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And God knew what Satan was going to do before he created the world. He's got a plan for you. Trust in him. Those who trust, those who hope, those who wait in the Lord shall do what? Renew their strength. They shall renew their strength. God is good. He loves you. God is sovereign. He's in charge. And you are right in the middle of that plan. It's called His providence. It's incredible. If it weren't for the wind, the eagle couldn't fly. But the eagle trusts that God has provided for the eagle so that the eagle can fly. You can soar. You can soar. Second thing I want you to do, I want you to see is they don't just trust, but they also have to spread their wings, don't they? They have to spread their wings. Uh, It's fun to me. I... Many years ago, um, when I was uh, in, in college, quite a few years ago, a decade, <laughs> thanks, <laughs> quite, a, quite a while ago, uh, when I was in college, I went to the Southern Baptist Church, and we had an evangelist come in, and they asked me to pick him up from the airport, um, which I did. Uh, his name was James Jones. He went by James now, that was right after the Jim Jones fiasco. And for those of you who are too young, I'm sorry. You'll look it up on Google when you get home. Or open your phone, whatever. Google it. You'll find out Jim Jones was this crazy, charismatic leader who took a bunch of people to, uh, uh, to Africa and built a compound and eventually... South America. Thank you. Thank you. South America. Uh, Kenny's Googling it for me right now. <laughs> 
South America, and uh, yeah, and put this compound up. Anyway, uh, served them all a communion that, that, that actually was poison, and they all, uh, most of them died. Uh, very few survived. Crazy guy. So this guy, Jim Jones, shows up, and I have to bring him. So on the way home from the airport, I said, listen, I said, I don't care what you do and what you say, but if you serve communion, I'm not taking it. <laughs> so I said, so we got there. This is, Jim Jones preached five nights. Now this will make you feel good. I only remember one thing he said. And as I was uh, preparing for this morning's message, I discovered that what he said was wrong. (laughs) He talked about how an eagle would take the eaglet and lift it up off the net and drop it, and it would fall. And the eagle would swoop down. It's a great illustration. It helped me, to be honest with you. God worked through it. It's just not true. (laughs) But, but, you know, and the eagle would swoop down and pick the baby eaglet up and take it high and drop it again. That's not how it works. This is how it works. The eagle gets up on the edge of the nest and spreads its wings. This is great. Spreads its wings, and as the wind blows, it starts to pop up. And it's funny because you can see it starts to hop. And it hops and hops. I wanted to show you the video, but I thought it would be better if you saw me do it. <laughs> Thank you, Kenny. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and, and as the wind would blow, uh, with its arm, with its wings outstretched, all of a sudden, the eaglet begins to just take off. And before long, it doesn't need to hop on the nest anymore, because it's realized that the wind is lifting it up and bringing it right up off the nest. This, this is great. You know, that's how it works with Jesus. When you put your trust in him, believing that he has the best plan for you, and then you open your wings and say, I'm going to see what the Spirit of God, that's the wind in the Old Testament, same word, by the way, in Hebrew, ruach, the wind, spirit, all the same word. I'm going to let the, the Spirit of God just pick me up, and I'm going to go wherever the Spirit of God leads me. Now, that changes your life when you start doing that. Because you see, when you do that, you don't do things based on the circumstances in your life. And you don't do things based upon uh, the, the challenges you face. Or you don't do things based upon the other people in your life. You do things based upon what the Spirit of God begins to do in your life. And you start looking, where is God at work in my life? What is God doing? And when you see that, you begin to do that, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God lifts you up, and you begin to soar. It's awesome. Let me give you another illustration. Uh, Last week was the Boston Marathon. Uh, And and to me, the interesting thing about uh, the Boston Marathon is that people run. Um, and, And they run all that stinking way. Uh, I ran to the house the other day to get something. <sighs> but I know that after a while, runners get in the zone. A- and if you're a real runner, you start running, and after a while, it just kind of, you just go. You just go. And what's interesting about the Boston Marathon is, I mean, they're running way too far. But they just keep going. And, and they don't, their bodies are wearing out. But their minds don't get it. They just keep going. 
Uh, anybody here a runner? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody here a runner? You, you know what I'm talking about? How you, you just kind of get in that zone. You're just going. Man, you're just going and going and going. You, don't, you almost don't recognize that you're getting all tired out because you're running. Uh, last year, uh, um, Carol Crandall ran the Boston Marathon. We had a chance to, to watch her run. And that's her. She's like, what, 150 yards maybe from the finish line? Maybe not that much. Two-tenths of a mile from the finish line right there. Look at, look at how fresh she is. Uh, Brent, uh, there she is. She's back there. She knows what I'm talking about. Uh, and, and it was just so exciting. It was freezing cold. It was raining. It was nasty. And there's Carol. She's just because she had her eyes focused, she's ready, yeah, exhausted, but not hardly noticing. Why? Because she has in her that the spirit to run. When you start doing things in light of the Spirit of God, when you start serving the Spirit of God, you will get emotionally, physically, and spiritually exhausted, and at, some t- at times you won't even notice. Because you keep going. Because the Spirit comes and lifts you up. It's almost like, I'm not running anymore. God's taken over. That's where you want to be as a follower of Jesus Christ. That's when you begin to soar. You see, uh, Paul wrote in Galatians 5.18, he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, listen carefully, if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. In other words, you're no longer bound by the laws of this world, by the laws of, of, of the, the Old Testament. You are now living a life in the Spirit. Now, if you live in the Spirit, listen to me, you won't do things that will cause you to go to jail. You with me? unless they decide to outlaw being a follower of Jesus Christ, which that could happen, and in other countries that has happened. But as you begin to follow Jesus, as you begin to trust in Him, you shall run and not grow weary. You will mount up on wings like eagles, the King James says. If you trust in Him, if you spread your wings, and lastly, I want you to see this. We're out of time, but this is important. Um, when they learn the wind. The, the neat thing about eagles is they have those feathers on the end. Have you seen those? You know, that just kind of stick out. And they move those babies. And when they do, they catch the nuances in the wind. And they can circle and go higher and higher. And high. I jump off a ladder, I go down. An eagle jumps off a ladder, they go up. If they catch the nuance just right, they can uh, circle way, way up. And then when they, when they decide, when, when they experience the wind in just such a way, they're able to change the, the, the uh, angle of their, their wings and they can dive. And they dive and they grab the prey off the... It's amazing. I mean, how can they do that? First they're circling, then they're diving. Then they find shelter in the midst of the storm and they're able to hunker down. And then when the wind is right, they take off again. Why? Because they know the nuances of the wind. And they're able to use those nuances of the wind to get where they need to be. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, if you begin to trust in the Lord... And if you begin to spread your wings, you will begin to see God at work in 
little ways, small ways. And as you begin to see those small places, you'll be able to get on board easier. And you'll find God sometimes will take you to the highest heights. And sometimes He'll lead you down to to places where other people need to be lifted up. And He'll say, grab them by the scuff of the neck and get them up there. They need to be encouraged. They need to be loved. You say, well, pastor, I, I can't do all that. I'm worn out myself. I'm all tired out. That's exactly where God wants you to be. Because when you're all tired out, that's when He can use you the best. You see, the rest of the time we rely upon ourselves. But when we're all tired out, we can only rely upon Him. And as you begin to rely upon Him, He'll begin to lift you up. It's not about what you do. It's not about your circumstances. It's not about who you are. It's about who He is and what He wants to do in and through you. The Apostle Paul said, in my weakness, He is strong. You want to give me that? God said to Paul when he was at his weakest, he had a thorn in the flesh, he didn't know what he could do, I can't serve you, God. This is what God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. So Paul says, therefore, I boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Then I soar. You see, we think when everything's going good in our life, that's when we soar. That's not when we soar. We soar when we're tired and we're worn out. And we learn to trust in God. Now I want want to talk just a little bit. We're out of time, but I I really want to share this with you. A couple weeks ago, we talked about 1 Kings 17. You remember that? There was the widow there, and she didn't have a lot. She had just a little, and... And she took a little and a little bit of faith, and God provided for her day in and day out, and for Elijah, who had come to stay at her house. They were in the middle of a famine. No water. A drought. Not famine, a drought. Um, The next story is the story I was going to talk about this morning. But I wanted you to hear what God does first. See, I, I like the end of the story. Don't you like the end of the story first? You see, in 1 Kings 17, the very next story, after God has provided for them day in and day out, all of a sudden it begins to rain. But the widow's son dies. And she gets mad. I don't blame her. That's okay. You can get mad. By the way, did you know you can be mad at God? That's okay. God's a big God. He can handle it. And she gets mad at God, and she gets mad at Elijah. What would you do? You, you came here to have my son die? What, what's this all about? And she's angry, and she's hurt. And Elijah, amazingly, Elijah, the man of God, is angry too. And he picks up the boy, and he takes the boy up to his room, and he says to God, God, why are you doing this? And he's at his weakest. She's at her weakest. The difference between her and Elijah is Elijah is still trusting in God. And he gets down on his knees and he begins to pray for the boy. And the boy comes back to life. It's called resurrection. 
It's the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. That death is not an end, but a step into eternal life. And so even in the midst of death, even in the midst of the struggle, when we are at our weakness, weakest, we can still soar. Not by our own strength, not by our own uh, 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 abilities, but by the power and the grace and the love of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's come this morning to renew you, to renew us. He's calling us to trust in Him. He's calling us to allow the wind, the Spirit of God, to open our hearts to Him again and to lift us up. He's calling us to begin to look again at how He is at work in our midst, in our lives. It's not over. He's come to lift us up and remind us of the gift of life He has given us. How exciting it was this morning to watch Wendy and Ashley and Barb by the way, Barb's other name is Virginia, just in case you say hi to her sometimes. Somebody says, what's your name? She says, Virginia. I didn't lie. <laughs> she, she's a part of Greenfield, and if you're at Greenfield here long enough, you'll find out nobody has the real name. They, they have many names, so j- just so you know. But I want you to hear something. You see, they each came from different places, and the Spirit of God came upon them, and when they put their faith in Jesus Christ, when they believed that He died for them, that He loved them so much that He wanted to take away the sin out of their lives, the guilt, the shame, the hurt. When they were willing to put their trust in Him, He came and He began to heal them. Having taken those things away on the cross, paying the price for them on the cross, He came and He washed them and He gave them a new life. Doesn't mean everything's going to be good. What it means is they're eagles now, you see. And they can soar. Are you an eagle this morning? Have you asked Jesus to come into your life and forgive you? And give you a new life, one that can soar? Or do you still find yourself struggling just for today? Hoping to get to tomorrow? I pray this morning that you would come soar with me. That even in our weakest moment, we can see God's power at work. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you uh, for your word this morning, for uh, just all the things you continue to do. We've watched in amazement this week. Um, Our hearts are broken in places and and we've struggled, and yet you have brought us through this far, and we know you'll get us through the rest of the way. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would come and pick us up, that we would remember that you knew all that was going to happen this week, and you know all that's going to happen next week, and you have it planned and prepared, and you promised to get us through it and even to help us soar through it, and so we, we want to put our trust in you this morning. And Lord, we pray that if there's someone here that has yet to put their trust in you, we pray this morning that they'd begin to soar, that they'd begin to realize that you knew them before they were born, and you have a plan for their lives. They're not just here to live and then to die and it's over, but you have a plan for them to transform them and others that they might have life and have eternal life. Lord Jesus, may they open their hearts to you this morning. We pray, Father, for those who came this morning 
who, who just need to be picked up by your Spirit. They, they, they're willing to, to open their hearts to you. We pray, Father, that you'd begin to pick them up. Father, we pray for those who this morning need to see your hand at work in a new way. We pray, Father, that they would have seen that in the lives of Ashley and Wendy and Barb. But Lord, that they'd be willing to begin to see that in their own lives as you work in and through us. Thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for speaking to us. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.